0: Right now, I want you to know that God knows you have dreams and desires in your life, and He knows that they are important to you. The Word says to delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart.
1: Welcome to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Bobby and his brother Glenn own Alliance Sports Group. A collection of hardware and sports product lines, including Nebo tools and flashlights, sold in over 40,000 retail stores across America. Bobby would like your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org. Now, get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby.
0: I'm going to ask everyone a very personal question this morning. Is your dream still alive? Are you still reaching for the stars? Well, whether or not you're prepared to answer the question, right now I want you to know that God knows you have dreams and desires in your life. And he knows that they are important to you. The word says to delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I believe that he wants all of us to be star reachers and dream seekers. Many of you have dreams, but somewhere in the past they got sidetracked for different reasons, and your life circumstances make it seem impossible to revive the dream that you had. Others of you have a dream, but a significant risk would have to be taken in order to realize it, and your responsibilities to others make it difficult to pursue it. To be honest, there's lots of reasons why we give up on our dreams. But you see the problem with letting our dreams go is that when we do that We may never experience the life that god intended us to have And I know you've heard me say often that I believe that god has a purpose for each and every one of us I believe that each of us has something that inspires us that we love to do and that we're gifted to do And when we recognize what that is god's purpose for us will involve those things That's because he he made us that way. His purpose produces the passion in our life. So, what I'm saying to you is, it's never too late to reach for the stars and pursue your dreams. And you may say, Bob, those are very nice words, but you don't understand my situation. I could never drop everything I've got going to chase a dream. Well, first, I would say to you that dreams are not to be chased they are your dreams you already own them whether you pursue them or not and then I would give you these few simple things to consider to encourage you to make active again that which God put naturally into you the first thing is this beware of the dream crushers many a dream never had a chance because of people who discouraged you when you declared it every creative endeavor will meet resistance from some people It would be great if everyone was behind you 100%, but that's probably not going to happen. What matters is who is behind you. And we're promised that God is always with us, whether others are or not. You know the story is told way back in Genesis. Young Joseph was a dreamer. He dreamed he would be a great leader, but when he told his brothers they were jealous and they plotted to kill him. When they saw him coming, they said, here comes the dreamer, let's kill him and throw him in a pit. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Well, Joseph was spared and he ultimately realized his dream and became a leader. His brothers tried to crush his dreams, but because Joseph lived to please God, he fulfilled his purpose as a strong and wise leader. You have to beware of the dream crushers in your life. The next thing we do is this. Just open your heart and your mind to what God wants to do with us. For some of us, time and neglect has taken the clarity out of our dream. But if we ask him, God can restore it along with instructions. For some of us, it's hard to hear God speak to us because we won't sit down and shut up long enough to listen. So we have to stop and earnestly seek his direction for our life. There's an old saying that says this. The best way to make your dreams come true is just to wake up. And finally, when you come to grips with the decision to pursue your dream, then make a plan and just do it. Just do it in Jesus' name. Don't look back. Be decisive. Understand there will be problems. There will be hardships. But at that point, your dream and you and the Lord have become one on the issue. So, I don't know why I wanted to speak about this this morning, but some of you may be at a crossroads at your life today. Your dream may involve your career or education or travel, or it could involve a ministry. But whatever it is, if it's burning inside you, your dream is part of who you are. And I believe that God wants all of us to reach for the stars and pursue our dreams. And let him activate his power and his blessing in our lives where we can fulfill our destiny.
1: Where is your faith today? Do you have a mountain that needs moving in your life? Coming up, you just need a little faith to see big miracles in your life. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. And now, back to On the Bright Side, as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith.
0: There were two buddies, Chris and John. They were two of the biggest baseball fans in America. Their entire adult life, they never tired of discussing baseball history and statistics together. They even agreed that whoever died first would try to come back and tell the other if there was baseball in heaven. One summer night, Chris passed away in his sleep after watching the Ranger victory earlier in the evening, which in itself was a surprise. (laughs) Well, Chris died happy. A few nights later, his buddy John awoke to the sound of Chris's voice from beyond. Chris, is that you? John asked. It's me, Chris replied. This is unbelievable, John exclaimed. "So, So tell me, is there baseball in heaven? Well, I have some good news and some bad news for you. Which do you want to hear first? Let's hear the good news. Well, the good news is, yes, there is baseball in heaven, John. Oh, man, that's great. So what could possibly be the bad news? You're pitching tomorrow night. Okay. All right. I want to to encourage some people this morning by telling you that you can have more faith. And did you know that to have faith, sometimes you have to go against your natural instincts to what seems normal and what seems logical? If you remember the story when Jesus asked the disciples to take a boat ride with him to the other side of the lake. And as soon as they started, the Lord went back and took a nap. And while he was sleeping, a big storm came up and the disciples had to wake him up. They said, Master, we're going to drown out here. And the Lord got up and he probably yawned. And the word says he rebuked the storm. And immediately the wind stopped and the water became calm. And then he said, where is your faith? Well, years ago, I witnessed an amazing thing while watching a high school basketball game. The game was very close. There was one second left and a player got fouled. His team was two points behind, so he was awarded two free throws. He made the first one. So the next one would would tie the game if he made it. Everybody held their breath while he shot the ball. Well, the ball hit the front of the rim and then rolled around the rim a few times and then miraculously came to rest on the flat part of the rim and just sat there. Well, everyone was in shock. The referees were completely stumped. They didn't know what to do. Finally, after about 15 minutes, they decided to get to take the ball down and give the, the kid another shot. And he was so messed up by that time over all the events, that he missed it badly and they lost the game. Now, if you don't know anything about basketball, you wouldn't find that story all that interesting. So what? The ball stopped on the back of the rim. But if you ever played basketball, you would know what a a once-in-a-lifetime thing that event was. Because you know you could stand right under the basket for a year shooting the basketball, and, and you couldn't make it do that, let alone expect it to do it at a crucial point of a basketball game. Well, you see, several of the disciples out on the boat with Jesus that day were fishermen. And they knew the sea. And they knew what a life-threatening storm was. So when it hit, they immediately reacted from their experience in that situation. And they feared for their lives Because of their knowledge of the sea. And when this happened, the disciples had already witnessed many miracles. And here they were traveling with what they already knew was was God walking around in a man's body. And yet it never occurred to them to believe that the Lord would not let anything happen to them. We have several other accounts of how the Lord got aggravated with the disciples When they got distracted and reverted back to their their natural instincts. Once a man brought his demon-possessed son to Jesus and told him that he had already taken his son to the disciples, but they couldn't heal him. And when Jesus heard this, he he railed on the disciples, telling them that they were unbelievers and that he just didn't know how long he could put up with them. He had the boy come and he healed him right away. And when when the disciples asked the Lord... Why could we not heal the boy? He said, because you have so little faith. And, and, then, and then he said what, what we all know is very familiar. He said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move. And it'll move from here to there. And nothing will be impossible for you. You know, sometimes we're just as guilty as the disciples were. We let our own experience and our own expertise blind us from the creative ways God wants to work in our lives. See, because I played basketball, I I would never have believed that a basketball would come to rest on a goal during a basketball game. And the disciples couldn't have faith in the middle of the night. In the middle of a storm. Because they were still thinking like fishermen. If we're going to trust in God, we have to let God be God. And to do that means we have to put aside all we know about how we think things should work. Especially when we're in a storm. The word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. You know, we have to realize that the Lord knows what he's doing. Did it ever occur to you that the same person who calmed the wind and the sea with a single word was probably the same person who started the storm in the first place just to teach the disciples to have a little faith? Where is your faith today? Do you have a mountain that needs moving in your life? You just need a little faith to see big miracles in your life. Just a little faith. And then get out of the way and let God be God.
1: Do you feel like the pressures of life have hindered your generous spirit? If that's you, stay tuned to learn how to prevent the enemy from defeating you in this area of your life. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on The Bright Side.
0: But let me ask you, do you feel generous today? (laughs) I'm wondering because I want to talk about being a generous person for just a few minutes. I think most of us consider ourselves pretty generous even though it seems to come naturally from some people but can you think of the last time someone was really generous to you when someone really went out of their way to help you or to give you something well I don't know about you but I was very fortunate to grow up around a few very generous people my mother for instance was extremely generous and still is But you know, the one who impacted me the most with his generosity was Dana's dad. His name was Darius, and my father-in-law. And before, uh, well, after my father died, and before Dana and I were married, my father-in-law used to spend a lot of time with my brother Glenn and I and some other young men in our church. He was always buying our dinner at restaurants, and since he was a car dealer... Whenever we had car trouble, he would just loan us one of his cars to drive. Sometimes he would call us up and he would say, "Uh, I've got this new sports car, a new Porsche or a new Corvette, and I need you to come down here and drive this car for a few days. (laughs) Just check it out and tell me how it drives. And we'd say, well, if you really need me (laughs) to do that, But he just knew that we would enjoy doing that. And sometimes when we resisted all of his kindness because we felt like we were taking advantage of him, he always had a way of making us feel like it was his pleasure to help us. You see, even though he was a successful business person, his generous spirit is what you would first notice about him. How many of you know that a generous person can impact your life? You know, we've all heard the expression that you can't outgive God, and that's true. But I also believe that you can't outgive anyone. Because when you have a generous spirit, you are always the beneficiary of your giving. So as spirit-filled Christians, we are all called to be generous. Generosity is a character trait of Jesus Christ. And the word says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. But the spirit of generosity that I'm talking about that's needed in my life and needed in your life has nothing to do with the needs of the church. And it has everything to do with us living in faith and walking and communing with the Lord. Because at the heart of our Christian experience, having been saved by grace, it's to be able to give of ourselves and of our resources. As the word says, to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. So being generous doesn't have much to do with how much you have or how much you give. It's about how much you give of what you are blessed to have. And generosity isn't a statement that you need to make. It's just a lifestyle that develops when you let God's love and compassion for other people into your life. So we were meant to be generous, and we need to strive to be more generous, even though our lifestyles and our culture screams otherwise. We fight materialism on one front and the fear of losing everything we have on the other. But the word promises us that a generous spirit always comes back to us. The word says, give generously and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord will bless you in all of your work on everything you put your hand to. In other words, it's impossible to be too generous. Do you feel like the pressures of life have hindered your generous spirit? Do you ever say, I wish I could be more generous, but I can't? If that's you, then you're letting the enemy defeat you in this area of your life. And I know the Lord wants to lift you out of that today and allow your generous spirit to breathe again. You simply need to start reaching out to others with your time, with your talent, with your prayers, and with your resources. And as we do that, that generous spirit that's inspired by the Lord will open the doors of destiny for every one of us. And as we give of ourselves, God will bless us in ways that we can't even imagine. And if we do that, I promise you that something good will happen. In Jesus' name.